WFAE's David Borex has the story. Tariq Bakari and Larkin Eggleston call their podcast R&D in the QC. Eggleston says they hope to reach people who may not pay attention to the council. Eggleston is 35 and a Democrat. Bakari is a 37-year-old Republican. Despite their political differences, they bonded on the campaign trail in part over their beards, says Bakari. The beards themselves are what truly united us in the beginning. They hope to be an example of how to debate productively across the political divide. Episode 43, we talk blowback from Tarek's op-ed, scooter bans, intergovernmental committee meetings, and zonings. Episode... It's 43. Welcome to the pod. Oh, we're, I thought you were going to stop. We're just going to keep going, man. Okay, we're not cool. stopping. It's episode 43. I almost said 33. Thought I was going to get a redo, but Time nope. machine, nope. No redos Sorry. Today. No redos ever. Never. Uh, short and sweet episode for you, depending on how many more mistakes I make. But uh, intergovernmental meeting today, rezoning meeting tonight. No big, big news out of either, but we'll talk about each briefly. Uh, but let's lead off. We talked last week. You had just shown me a sneak peek of an op-ed that ran in print in the Charlotte Observer Sunday, yesterday. And um, I felt a lot more positive back then, remembering so, way back then. So my we were piece. talking about something that, that really only you and I had seen at that point, I guess. And now the world has seen it. And the world has opinions. They do. They uh, do. Many. So... What, uh, so many opinions, in fact, that literally like halfway through the day, I had to go back and reread it again. I was like, am I a socialist? <laughs> like, I'm just like, what did I? I couldn't remember like what I said. I had read so many comments. So at what point this weekend did you affix the Bernie Sanders sticker to the back of your car? Well, I, it, clearly it was around mid-morning today. Because according uh, when I became to, a big Bernie Sanders supporter. Because according to Don Reed, you are now Bernie Sanders' 2020 campaign manager. Yeah, I mean... Hey, I, shout, out, shout out to Don Reed, who I'm certain doesn't listen to this <laughs> podcast. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, there were as many um, positive uh, messages to me as there were negative messages. Um, Let me guess. The positive messages were private. The, and the negative messages were public. The vast majority of that, them were. Because that's kind of how elected office works, <laughs> yeah, it turns out. Yeah. There's a whole lot of people that praise uh, courage or uh, sticking your neck out or, or or speaking your mind, but they do it very quietly Absolutely. in a text or uh, in, a, in a whisper. But the people who disagree with whatever you do tend to be a bit more vocal in public about you know, it. That's exactly what it was. A lot of folks were like, you know, behind the scenes, this is... This is exactly how I feel. And you know, that's okay. The, one of the reasons why, one, I asked, I, I put this upon myself. I, I made this decision. I knew there would be fallout. I knew there would this be this type of fallout, to be totally honest. It's just different when you're in the middle of it versus when you're like, there will be fallout. Or a year later, you're looking back and there was fallout. So I wonder what that's like. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I haven't had any moments like you, that this year. You really haven't. But, um, but, but this is even not worse, I'd say, but just like more self-imposed. Like I brought this upon myself, eyes wide open. But, uh, but you know, one of the things that I felt obligated to do, so I had this, this thing where I was reading all these comments and everything, 
uh, and I was like, well, I, I can't Rule engage. Number one, never read the comic. I can't engage individually because, I mean, I care. I really wanted to read them all. I was open-minded to saying, all right, I mean, I, I really went out on a limb. Are there some perspectives that would change my mind? And I wanted to engage a few things too, but I felt like if I started engaging in the comments, it would just go straight downhill from there. So what I did was I kind of read them all, and then mid-afternoon today, I kind of sat down at the, at the computer and just – you know, typed up a, a centralized response to as many of the common ones that I saw. And I put that out there. That has gotten, you know, a lot better feedback than the first, but I felt the need to clarify a few things after I reread it and made sure I wasn't a socialist and, and, and that I was talking about. One thing that I clarified was, you know, this isn't about selling out. It's not about, you know, e- even trying to find liberal grounds to make my liberal counterparts like me. I mean, that would be a nice byproduct to just work across the aisle, but it's really about, you know, these principles I've been talking about of lower taxes and smaller government and how we can, we can decide, we can't bend on our principles, but we can decide um, the, the, the preferences by which we deploy them. And those are the things I was talking about in that op-ed. And most importantly, and this is the thing that probably bothers me the most I've put almost two decades of blood, sweat, and tears into the Charlotte Republican Party and organization. And I, I am by no means trying to like espouse, hey, I'm not really Republican, or there's some Republican light version that I think would be better. What I'm saying is there's been a contradiction in our principles uh, of late, and it's growing. And above anything else, above everything else that, that is really irritating about that, we're losing millennials. Day by day, year by year, they're not hearing our principles, which I believe resonates with them. They're hearing all this extra noise and these dichotomies in those in those principles. So I went out and listed all of my principles um, pretty directly in this in this uh, note I put out, and they are limited government, low taxes, and then I go on to a few others there, and and kind of finally ended it with, uh, and I'm not going to regurgitate all of it, but ended it with. Look, this is not some a bunch of other people other than all that claim that, oh, this is like self-promotional or self-preservational or whatever. And I think anyone who knows me knows, one, I have no aspirations beyond my district seat, city, six city council seat and, and doing what I'm doing right now. And in fact, I entered this conversation eyes wide open at, at great detriment to myself. I knew I was putting myself at risk, but it was important enough to talk about this stuff that I was willing to sacrifice the short term of myself in a primary or whatever that may be for the longer term value. I think this conversation that needs to be had may end up providing for a balanced um, uh, uh, representative body in the future of Charlotte. Yeah, I was going to surprise you with a fun round of Mean tweets. Yeah, please. I've, but yeah, uh, disappointingly, as I look through here, all the people that have tweeted at you in the last 24 hours have either been uh, not funny enough to to warrant reading or have been neutral or positive. Um, you got called a libertarian, which, you know, I think I think your piece did have a libertarian edge to it. It's like, hey, if, if we're going to be small government, let's be small and stop telling people uh, what to do on things like who they marry. Um and then you got you got a shout out from the young Republicans of, of Wake County that seemed to like yeah, what you were saying. Yeah, that was nice. And uh, that was surprising but, to me to be totally honest. And that's totally the thing. I, I think the stuff I've seen, and I, I haven't obviously been getting notifications. It was, every, surpri- by the way, surprising because it's it's not 
Mecklenburg County and what I was focusing on. That, that's that's what yeah. I was surprised. Although not, not that other young Republicans think this way. A lot, a lot of what you were talking about would certainly apply to Wake County too, and they had a similar yeah. blue wave uh, as did Mecklenburg. But um, in looking at the stuff that I saw on Facebook, and I'm not yeah, getting, Facebook was way, way, way yeah, nasty. But it tended to be. I mean, all these tweets seem to be coming from younger folks. Uh, more of the anger today seemed to be coming from older folks, and I clearly. There are older Republicans who probably agree that climate change is real and that gay people should be able to marry each other. Uh, and there's probably younger ones who maybe are on the on the opposite side of those issues. But by and large, it seems to be breaking down that uh, some of your older, more hardline conservatives are the ones coming out and going, oh, he's trying to be a moderate. Oh, he's trying to do whatever. And the young people are going, no, there's there's a lot of us that feel that way. And I think generationally, our generation, whether you're D R L G or U, whatever party you you fall into, I, I just think those are issues that we are not willing to compromise on as a generation. So I don't know what that means for the future of, of the party system, but I I hope that your the thing that you voiced there is shared by a majority of younger voters. Just end of sentence. Uh, well, I think there's no doubt it's shared by most of younger voters today. The question is, is it also shared by most of younger Republicans? And, and I would argue of all the ones I talk to, and it's not easy to step out there, especially if, as a Republican in your 20s right now. I mean, if you have aspirations of office, holding office or doing anything, that's not something you come out and say. But my, I guess my point, if, if, if I summed up everything about that op-ed and the point I really wanted to make, it would be you don't have to be, you know, Republican light or even become a Democrat to, 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 to be what I view as conservative, which is unequivocally, unequivocally limited government. Like, full stop. That's it. So it, it, every premise I'm debating on debates back to that core tenet in what I believe is the foundation of conservative principles and what the Republican Party that I've been working for for almost two decades inside an urban and growing urban city, what that stands for. And I mean, I, you know, I'm unapologetic for that. I think you added a couple letters to unequivocally. Unequivocally. <laughs> um, all right. Rapid fire, which means you don't get to make mm. long-winded, uh, meandering answers. Oh, good. These, I'll, I'll ask these as yes or no questions. I will assume you will be unable to answer them with one word. Mm. Um, not because they're, you shouldn't be able to, but because you, you just personally can't say one word answers. Yes, yeah, true. Um, but these were the things that I saw, and this was maybe as much, well, primarily coming from my side of the aisle, from, from Democrats who read this and thought, hey, here's a, here's a glimmer of hope in here that maybe we, we do have some common ground on some things but they didn't feel like you were strong enough about some of this stuff. So mm. question one, you, you got at this just a minute ago uh, a bit vaguely, but be unequivocal, or as you said, unequivocal. Um, 2019, Tariq Bakari will be on the ballot for? Charlotte City Council, District 6. All right, so you're not you're not waffling about whether you run for, for no. some No, well, one, no matter what, it's unwinnable, <laughs> right, for a Republican. No matter how much you come out here and you, espouse you your principles. You think your district might be now, or you think that for you to run city I, I, would be? I, I believe, based on the data I looked at, that my district is still winnable 
by a Republican but in not a general city, election. Citywide would not, not citywide be. whatsoever. But District Six is still so the the the, the reason I, I I say that and and it's important in this is I also don't as much as I don't want people to think this is some platform for me to run at large or do something bigger, which it's not. It's also not something where I looked at the data and thought District Six is lost to a Democrat next year. I am confident a Republican can still win District Six. However, it just might not be you. <laughs> well, it, 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 very true. It may it may very well not just be me. But I do believe that if you continue to track the trend line of where District Six and Seven are going, uh, it, it it will not be like that indefinitely and not long term. So it, I sat there and I looked at the data, and I had I continued on the path I was on Friday. <laughs> I definitely believe I still could have won it, won that district and won it handily. I believe there would have been a stronger candidate in a general that would have been run against me, but it wasn't through fear of, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose this seat. I've got to do something drastic different now. I decided I would rather blaze out in a blaze of glory, having the, the, the hard conversation I knew was necessary in, and then blaze out in a primary rather than march toward that slow death for in a general for any Republican who wants to have this seat one day. Well, whether it's you on the ballot or some grumpy old man uh, that, that primaries you and wins, there will be a serious Democratic candidate in the general. And, and Republican. It, yeah, both. both. Well, they, yeah, that's what I mean. But I, I hope that if uh, if someone primaries you and beats you, I hope it's some stereotypical hardliner, conservative, angry, old white man, because we will blow the doors off of him in the general election. So, Well, I don't hope that, man. <laughs> well, I, I really don't hope that. I, I know you don't, but I'm saying if that's what if that's what the Republican Party thinks they want to put forward after what they just saw in this general election, then uh, prepare to lose that seat. And who knows what would happen with, with what you've now kind of taken as a, a position – against a credible Democrat, it will be a competitive race, but I can't uh, wait. I to don't see. think it would be a competitive race. And I think I, I got at this a little last week. If they want to put a bill James forward to, to primary you and that person manages to beat you, we will blow their doors off in November. Um, I can't, I'm very flat yeah, out. No, it has been demonstrated that that kind of Republican is unacceptable in the, Mecklenburg County. Now, whether there's any kind of Republican that can win in Mecklenburg County, we will find out, but we know damn sure now, the Bill James of the world are done in urban counties in North Carolina. Let's and, continue and, and this. for that, I'm okay. Let's continue Rapid this fire. lightning round. Yes, uh, this is great. Yeah, that, that number was two. question number one. <laughs> um, you did say explicitly in your article that you, uh, but my question is going to be, do you believe a majority of Republicans in Mecklenburg County, when, and we'll let that portray what you, you probably presume about the Wake Counties and Guilford Counties of the world, whatever, but in Mecklenburg County, do you think a majority of Republicans agree with what you said in that article which is that climate change is real and it's something we need to deal with and that gay people should be able to marry the person that they love the same way that you and i as heterosexual people were able to marry the person that we love do you think that is a shared sentiment of 50 percent plus one of republicans in mecklenburg county i i would i would say i'm unsure but i think there's a point of clarification needed here my point wasn't, hey, let's all jump on the bandwagon of climate change is real and, and accept the whole premise of every data point that's ever been out there. What I'm saying is humans impact climate in ways, right? And I don't know if every study out there is real or not. Let's stop wasting time arguing it and let's start actually spending that effort doing pragmatic things that make sense and, and be champions of conserving the environment. I think 
it's an important nuance to point out because I think that the words of climate change or global warming are divisive words themselves amongst across the aisle. What I'm saying is strip that away. I think far more people would, would on the Republican side would agree with that framing of it than um, than than would would the alternative. And I, I yeah I agree. Who are we in the business of of unequivocable uh, uh, limited government? But then on the other side say, well, but we get to we get to overreach on certain social topics. So, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know the state of of every Republican across our county. But I know that a lot of the younger ones that I associate with view themselves as principled conservatives who also believe that. But even more importantly to all of us, if you don't believe that you are compromising your principles with a view like that and you can do it. I absolutely know more independents respect that approach. And it's the independents ultimately that are going to determine if we have an existence in the future here or not in a top 20 size city. And again, the the angry comments that were coming about your moderating your views were primarily from names I recognize as some of the more hardline conservatives in our community. Am I moderating my views though? Well, no, I don't think, I, I mean, mean, that's my, like, that's what burns me up so much. The people are like, Oh, well you've become Republican like well, now. I've been this exact person, this exact conservative that everyone believed was a conservative before I started making statements of applying my preferences, not compromising my principles. Why all of a sudden is that different now? Well, and, and, yeah, it's not like on Friday you didn't think gay people should be able to get married. Um, all right, here's going to be the tough one, and then we'll uh, we'll move okay, on to some other stuff you. unless you want to keep talking about how uh, how mean people are online. No, no. Uh, but but this won't be a one word answer. And uh, but it's it's come up in several things again, primarily in Democratic commentary around your op ed. What are your thoughts on? A, I know the answer to this one, and and. People want to hear you say, I denounce white supremacy, white nationalism, call it what you want. It's got, it's got plenty of names. People want to hear you say that. And I think it's valuable for you to say that. I already know that you do. My question is, do you think the Republican party has a problem and how do you think they deal with it? Whether you actively, and I don't mean you specifically, I mean you collectively, whether you actively court the votes or not, white nationalists, the people that we saw in Charlottesville, um, the people that are committing hate crimes are committing them under the banner of a Republican president who has espoused a lot of hate. And, and the, the fact of the matter is whether you actively court those votes or not, Republican candidates are getting those votes. And, and many of them are not actively denouncing those groups and denouncing those beliefs because they don't want to lose those votes. Whether they agree with it, whether they buy into it, whether they actively seek those votes, they know they're getting them and they don't push back because they don't want to lose them. Is that a problem for the Republican party? And, and how do you deal with it going forward? I, so that people don't think you're doing a wink, wink, nod, nod to, to keep I just, I just, I just categorically disagree that with that premise, uh, are there Republicans out there that are doing exactly what you're talking about? Yes. And that goes to the point of the trust bank stuff we've talked about in the past. You don't know what's truly in someone, someone's heart. I would argue, though, that the vast majority are they aren't coming out and like actively condemning that kind of thing because they're offended that they would that they're they're being put in a position to have to. I shouldn't have to sit here and say I condemn 
white suprem supre, supremacism supremity suprem all that stuff su- yeah whatever it is because to be honest you, you you're painting me and and my party with a brush that that none of the people i associate believe in and believe that that's that that's something we even need to dignify now i get the point right you're saying well for the some of the bad apples out there that are running for office and wink, wink, liking the votes. I'm not going to say that doesn't exist, but I'm saying I don't believe that's widespread. Not with the people I associate with who believe we are conservatives and our principles matter. It's offensive to me that, I've, that I'm being backed into a corner and have to say it. So if you, I promised I'll say, I say things from the truth in my heart perspective going forward, even though I don't want to and I wouldn't have before. Yeah, of course I freaking don't agree with that. Of course. But why do I have to say that? And I know the answer. It's the trust bank thing. And I don't know I don't know the right way to go forward with that. I just know I'm trying to explain to you in the same way you just explained to me how your side feels, how most of the people I associate with feel when when you're when you ask me, do you condemn that? Well, of course I freaking condemn that. But I know you do personally, but the problem is, and I, I think the one place where you were I thought a little wishy-washy in your op-ed was the I love some of the stuff Trump is doing I hate some of the stuff Trump was doing I think it's important a that if you if it's tax policy if it's hey I'm happy with with feeling like there's a chance he might make some progress on criminal justice reform yes there's so, a great one hey look there there are things that might end up actually being decent issues and you might agree on the tax stuff and I don't but I think it's important to to explicitly outline what those things are because just to say I love some of it I hate some of it whatever what are the things that you hate and and look when you have a president who many if not most of your party members supported maybe some held their nose and supported him but they supported him nonetheless when you have someone like that bringing a Steve Bannon into the White House for a year as a key senior advisor it's hard to say that your party has no association with some of those fringe groups because Steve Bannon is the leader of some of those fringe groups. So it's, it's not even like three degrees of separation at that point, the banner carrier of your party is bringing in one of the most egregious fringe wing nuts of, of the entire right. And they're having them sit in the oval office and help shape policy. Okay. So Steve Bannon was not one of the things I liked. All right. I mean, but my point more broadly is I don't I don't feel it necessary to sit back and 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 I I understand the double-edged sword nature of this and lay out and pander to say, "Well, here are the 70 things I like and here are the 75 things I don't like." Like just know that I don't like all the things of people who are using him in bad faith. I don't necessarily believe in my heart that he is out there in bad faith himself. Now, you might want to skewer me when I say that, but I can tell you with absolute certainty there is some fraction of people out there using him in bad faith. So I condemn that. But I don't feel the need to come out and and appease and pander to everyone saying, okay, well, here are the things I like and here are the things I don't, because that list will go on forever and I'll literally never, I just want to avoid that. Is it not okay for me, who likes to focus on local issues, to have made a statement vaguely out there and just say, but I'd rather focus on the things locally that I care about? Why can't I say that? You can, but I think we're always going to have to answer for the people that are leading, the that are that are carrying the banner for our party. And, and Democrats were asked to justify, why, how could you support Bernie? How could you support Hillary? All, all the time. And so... We had to be prepared to do that, and I was prepared to do that. There were, 
there are certainly things with Bernie and Hillary that I disagreed with, but there was a hell of a lot more that I agreed with them on and a hell of a lot more than I agreed with Trump on. So that I agreed with Bernie and Hillary on than I agreed with on, on Trump or, or any of the Republican candidates. Um, fun side note today, big article comes out that Ivanka Trump was using a personal email all last year for government business. So that's a fun double standard. Not that I'm putting it on you, but just an aside that our uh, Larkin, I don't wondering. like when people use personal emails so, uh, for government business. <laughs> well, I know because apparently when you do that, well, now I have to say have everything to I don't up. like. Yeah, though. no, no. We've, okay, so, so I just thought maybe you and I could chant "lock her up" about Ivanka. See, together. but this is the whole point. The whole premise of our podcast when we started this thing 43 episodes ago was in the divisive world of partisan politics today. Let's you and I, let's, no, let's, let's keep it local, right? Let's focus on the things that don't have to be partisan. In our last two episodes, I've forced this upon us, to, and we've had to talk about Trump, and we've had to do these things, uh, but it just goes back to, uh, can't we all just talk local? Can't we about, just do that? I thought you were about to say, can't we all just get along? <laughs> I was not. Um, you want to keep talking about how angry you've made Don Reed and uh, his thursday morning I, I, breakfast i'm gonna be totally honest club. i i don't relish the fact that i've made some of those folks angry like it literally like i knew what i was signing up for no one needs to feel any amount of so- sorrow for me i i did this all eyes wide open but i while i have tough skin i also have this inkling and desire to you know not have people upset with me especially when i feel like i'm being misinterpreted if it's any consolation i'm guessing some of the people who don't feel like you're uh, passing the purity test these days. Probably didn't think you were central casting for a Republican candidate in the first place. And that's my point. Given that your name was Tariq I think you're Makari, totally right. You, you can tell. And you were half Pakistani. You can, te- you can tell how much people actually believed <laughs> in you on by a, how quickly. They were waiting on an how excuse. How quickly they'll pivot on you like that. And, and, and you know what? You're absolutely right. You can look through those Facebook posts, and I think there's a bunch of people. You weren't losing lots of true friends. That, yeah, exactly. It, 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 if... If somebody was a hundred percent believed in me and was behind me and thought I was a good candidate, they they would have and they were really burn up about what I did. They'd have called. They'd you. have called me, and and there were several people that called me, and we had some tough conversations in the last two days. So I know who those people were. I also know who the people were who were quick to repost and say, "I knew it, I knew it." This liberal <laughs> elbow off the top top ring. So you know, I and and for those people. It, it still hurts. I'm not going to lie. It still hurts to see it. But part of me just wants to say and really mean good riddance. I, I know I, in my heart it's not quite there. But then again, we're, we're literally, you know, at hour 28 right now or, 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 you know, 40. So it's still fresh. I'm still kind of figuring it out. I will be speaking with the Mecklenburg Evening Republican Women's Group in a pre-scheduled event tomorrow of which I'm I'm ready to go to explain myself, to defend my positions, but then also take and really listen to questions and, uh, and critique because uh, this is about the dialogue. It's not about me proving anything right or wrong. It's about me speaking these points in, in honesty and humbleness and hearing feedback and actually listening to it on both sides. Well, I can tell you how many people will reach out to you and want to get like breakfast or coffee or lunch and actually talk about it and understand your viewpoint probably could be counted on two hands if not one 
when I had my divisive vote earlier this summer, I extended the opportunity and had several people take me up on it. I had great conversations with people who still to this day disagree with the decision that I made, but better understand where I was coming from. I better understand their concerns. And I think, I hope that the relationships I have with those people are stronger now for having had those conversations. They were few and far between. Most of the people uh, that wanted to be angry wanted to be angry in public, wanted to make a scene and have everyone see them make a scene. And um, so, again, it to me, it has, like a Ray McKinnon, he and I have had many discussions about it, but we've had them on the phone. We've had them over lunch. Uh, and I think we're, our friendship is as strong as it's ever been because he genuinely sought to understand why I made the decision I made, and I genuinely sought to understand why he was as convicted as he was uh, about why the decision I made was the wrong one. And, mm. and neither of us changed the other's mind. Um, but so, you know, you'll have a lot of respect for the people that say, hey, Tark, let's go to lunch. I need to understand where you're coming from because I don't agree or I don't get it. Uh, but don't expect a whole lot of lunch dates out of that. Yeah. Um, all right, quick, uh, before we get into our two meetings today, I'll get your quick reaction. Just popped up in the last two hours. My hometown, city of Winston-Salem, bans bird scooters from city streets. Wow. Are you advising Thoughts? them there? I am not. <laughs> they have told them to pull them all off the streets. Just bird? or all? Or- I think bird's the only one in Winston. When I was there a couple weeks ago, those were the only ones I saw. I don't think Lyme is in that market. Wow. Uh, so so Winston-Salem for now, and there's nothing. Is, is, it, is that a uh, overly uh, Republican or Democrat-controlled city council? I think there's only one Republican on that city council. Uh, that makes sense. Um, the Public Safety Committee of the Winston-Salem City Council voted 3-1 to one in favor of the ban Monday night. I think that's – well, oh, wow, a committee can make that decision? That's that's the way this reads. It's, it's very thin on details, but um, – be interesting. I don't know if that's a moratorium or if that's like a permanent ban or, or what that is. But people were when I was in Winston and I was downtown having dinner with my folks, uh, we saw tons of people riding them. Um, and actually, for I don't know why, but my anecdotal observation was people seem to be better about riding them on the street than the sidewalk there than they have been here. So um, it'll be interesting to see this. This is all going to be coming to a head at some point when either this lame duck general assembly or the new general assembly in January uh, decides to weigh in on this and, and pivot one direction or the other. And then the cities, I guess will will fall in line thereafter. But um, that's the first city I think I've heard of, unless you've heard of others in North Carolina that is, is I don't know that I've heard of any others in North Carolina. I've seen some articles on, they were having some tough conversations that was heading that way. But I think that's again, without the details of what they went through, I'll just make a gut reaction. Feels short-sighted to me. All right. So we had our intergovernmental uh, relations committee meeting today, and really the entirety of it was trying to solidify what are going to be our priorities on our federal and state legislative agendas. And we worked through a long list that we'd created over weeks and months of hearing from our colleagues and from different department heads. And we ironed those out. Um, I'm really concerned, and I'm not taking anything away from all your D's that won their races and everything. I'm really concerned that in a still in a majority uh, state legislature, all of a sudden we only have one Republican in our in our uh, delegation, um, and what that's going to do to our effectiveness to make stuff happen uh, for for our region. 
Yeah, we talked a little today about how we might need to build um, some coalitions. And we've got relationships in some of these areas, but might need to build some coalitions with some folks out of Union, Cabarrus, yeah. uh, Gaston, Iredell, um, and Lincoln, who have some similar interests to Charlotte-Mecklenburg, but might be chairs of committees, might have um, some more seniority and some more pull on some of these issues. Because the fact of the matter is, we, Democrats, broke the supermajorities and have enabled Governor Cooper to have a lot more power uh, in negotiating and making sure that everybody's got a seat at the table and a voice before legislation is going to have a chance of making it through. But Republicans are still in the majority in the Senate and in the House uh, in Raleigh. And so they're going to have the chairmanships. They're going to set the agendas. Um, they're going to advance legislation. And so we've got to have uh, – we, we have one – Republican that represents Mecklenburg County still on the Senate side, but now none in the House. Um, I don't know if at last week's taping of, of the show it was determined, but uh, Rachel Hunt will be replacing Representative Bill Brawley, and so that makes our House delegation entirely Democratic. And um, and so we do have to, and, and you and I have spoken with and several members of council have relationships with the representative Craig Horns and representative Jason Sains and, and John Torbett's of the world. We're going to have to build some of those relationships because they will be the ones leading a lot of these committees that deal with a lot of the urban issues that are important to us because a lot of their constituents work in Charlotte or a lot of their constituents uh, recreate in Charlotte or um, there's a lot of interconnectivity and, and many of our issues and needs are also theirs. So I, I think there's opportunities there. We've recreate? Got, it, that is a word. I tell you, it was one of my new favorite words. I use it a lot. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, so for our federal legislative agenda, um, we moved forward with transit plan, infrastructure initiative, uh, food security, and securing federal securing federal security uh, funding on the RNC. Uh, infrastructure, I think we all agreed, is something that with Democrats being in control now in the United States House, if President Trump and the Republicans in Washington are looking for something that they can advance, knowing that there's now a Democratic House infrastructure investment, I think. And this is something, look, it was the one silver lining I was holding out hope on when I was trying to mentally recover from President Trump being elected president was that he had talked all this all this noise about he's going to do so much on infrastructure investment, which our, our country and our state and our, our local community here critically needs. I had hoped that he would see that through. I don't think that's happened yet, but I think that is something that um, now having a better balance of power in Washington could be something that moves forward. Criminal justice reform I mentioned earlier, I think is another thing where there could be a lot of bipartisan coalition and, and progress. That's a great one. I like that Trump's doing that. I do too. So wait, but I, I need to say, well, right. Every I, time I like right now I need to say, I like I'm, that he's talking about doing that. Uh, I will hold out judgment on whether or not he is actually doing that. Got it. Um, on the state side, and I, I was trying to find it, but I can't find it right off uh, the top, so you'll have to help me here. We had a bunch on the state side. And affordable we, housing. We ended up yeah, affordable housing. We did um, working, and there was an opportunity for us to work with some other municipalities and other areas of the state on both a request we had from our fire department to support some legislation around search and rescue crews, as well as uh, to work with the other, other eight, I believe, areas that have – commercial service airports in North Carolina, there is uh, some funding that we would seek collectively with them that would benefit all 
of the statewide search and rescue teams would also benefit all of the statewide uh, commercial service airports. Those are obviously two separate things, but we saw those as things where our airport is a huge economic engine. Obviously our first responders, we want them equipped with the best and the latest and the greatest. Um, but it was also opportunities for us to work with some rural jurisdictions and continue to build trust and, and coalitions there. Uh, we said affordable housing, those two, uh, there was also an RNC security funding thing in there and the ability uh, we want to support to use CMS. Outside, um, yeah that's what it was it was to use outside, outside law, enforcement, law enforcement but also support cms and their request to make an adjustment to their academic calendar in 2020 um to avoid um to avoid the week of the convention and with some of the schools we have in, in uptown obviously the logistics there would be a nightmare so we want to support them in that and there was one other and at this hour of the night, That's good. I don't think we're going to think of it. Everything else we put in a parking lot. And so that parking lot means that it both uh, at the federal and the state, if it didn't make the top five agenda priorities or top four agenda priorities, um, it was advised to us by our lobbyists and, and by the people, the staff that administer this committee that f- three, four, five, it really starts to get cumbersome when you go above that. Uh, it's just there's not enough concentration of effort behind any one thing to, to move it forward. So they really said, we've got to get it down to that, that sort of a size agenda. And so everything else is in a parking lot, which means we will kind of keep an eye on it. We'll keep a finger on the pulse of it. If certain council members feel passionately about it, they can spearhead efforts to try to coalesce some support at a state or a federal level and, and keep us posted on it. So it is, there is support for it on council. Um, but for what could be one of a multitude of reasons, we don't feel like we have the opportunity to be successful there uh, or there's, you know, it's something that would be a more divisive issue and could have negative repercussions. So I like how you said cumbersome, you know, because it reminds me of the 1990s rock band, Seven Mary Three. And okay. I have become. Com- when are we going to get back to jokes? We like we haven't been telling jokes the last couple episodes, man. Life's not funny anymore. I know. It's gotten too uh, serious. Seven Mary Three is a great band, though. It is, dude. Um, too heavy, too light. Or too black, or too white, too wrong, okay. or too right. Instead of you trying to sing tonight. it. Maybe you just... Uh, Cumbersome. Maybe just use that as our exit music tonight. Yeah. Um, zoning meeting tonight. Oh, not a whole lot to it. Oh. Uh, we deferred all of the ones that were going to be contentious or complicated to next month. So next month is going to be a doozy. Um, and next month, our zoning meeting is the same night as the Panthers Monday night football game, which is not ideal because it's being played here in Charlotte. But we had a couple of things in uh, our decisions tonight were pretty open and shut. Nothing too exciting, uh, although I was excited, as I am always. We have an adaptive reuse project on Central Avenue in the Plaza Midwood area, we're taking an old auto sales, but it's really originally kind of an old mechanic um, auto repair place. It's it's a cool little building. It's going to be a food and beverage establishment, so that's going to be good. But a couple of hearings we had tonight, one was an adaptive reuse project for an old church in Plaza Midwood that's going to be a food and beverage establishment. Really excited about that one. Also in Noda, we have a residential project that still has some work to do. Um, there's some, there's some neighborhood concern, but I think that can be worked out, but there are going to be a minimum of seven for purchase affordable units in that project, which is, is critical because Noda obviously is getting really, really expensive and really hard for people, um, of, of diverse incomes to move into. Uh, and there was one other one and the, the 
area is escaping me. I want to say it was down in Steel Creek. Yeah, it was down in Steel Creek um, where there's a lot of issues around that one that we've still got to work through. But if we if we get to the finish line on it and are, everybody gets comfortable enough that we approve it, there's a, a big opportunity for affordable units in that project. So we continue to make that a priority uh, in the, in these rezonings. And, and thankfully, to their credit, the private sector, the developer world is coming to us with those opportunities, not us having to browbeat them to do it, but them saying, hey, we found a way that we can make this work on this particular project, uh, and we want to be a part of the solution. So, so um, what, what do you, this is our last episode before Thanksgiving, man. What, you have like a tradition you do in Thanksgiving, something fun? Eat myself sick. I bet you do, man. <laughs> you don't. Okay, oh, so my, my gosh. Sister, my sister's favorite story was <laughs> that we, we used to go up to, uh, we just lost our last grandparent this year, and so it'll be a smaller, uh, probably less traditional Thanksgiving. But um, back when we had all our grandparents and they were all up in Virginia, we used to go, my dad's folks lived out in the middle of nowhere on this uh, kind of middle of Virginia farm out like, 20 miles outside of Lexington, Virginia, but like a 40 minute drive. And, um, so we'd go out there and just be near nobody. And we got a pretty small family. It'd be like nine of us, but we'd have the full spread. So my sister walks in after we, we'd like an hour removed from our big meal. She comes down and I'm watching football as you do on Thanksgiving in the living room. And, uh, I had gotten a mixing bowl Mm. had put, like two slices of pumpkin pie in it and then mini scoops of ice cream and had like mashed it all together. Kind of like a, some Turkey and no, no, some just like those mashed things. potatoes. Um, so it was kind of like cold stone creamery, like mm. but before cold stone creamery, yeah, I was kind of sure. cutting edge. Yeah. And, uh, she still tells that story this day about how I was eating pie and ice cream that I'd mushed all together in a giant mixing bowl. I have no doubt. So that's the kind of thing I do on Thanksgiving. I and, that, then I, and then I, and then I hate myself and then I sleep and then I wake up and, yeah. Do it a second time and watch more football and hate myself and go to sleep. I like it. That's my plan. Great. What about you guys? Uh, make a lot of food. Uh, the turkey trot comes by my house. I put my DJ equipment out, DJ it. Uh, That's commentate. your excuse for not actually having to run it? Well, I run it too. Oh, okay. The first half. And then I stop. Um, and then uh, and then I make a boatload of, uh, of turkey-related sandwiches for the next several days until my wife finally says, it's time to throw the turkey out, Tart. <laughs> The turkey's green, honey. Yeah. Stop eating it. Um, yeah. So there's she found every... a thing of uh, beef jerky in my sock drawer. She was like, you know there's mold on that, right? And I said. I thought you were going to say in your sock, which would have been even weirder. No, it's just in the sock drawer. Um, I hide it there so the kids can't find it. So on NPR, and I've, heard, I've, I've happened to be in the car the last two years when they brought this up, there is a recipe that they talk about every year on NPR, and it's Mama Somebody's Cranberry Relish, and it's got cranberries and horseradish and it is the most bizarre sounding thing you've ever heard and the first year i heard it i just shut down i was like i can't process what this would taste like this year i heard it again and i'm i'm intrigued and so if anybody out there in the r&d and the qc listening audience has ever made the npr cranberry relish it's apparently they talk about it every year for like the last 10 years i've only heard it the last two if you've ever had it Message us and tell us if it's good. And if anybody in our listening audience is making it in the Charlotte area, I would like to try your NPR cranberry relish. Yes, absolutely. And another call to action is if you have any awesome recipes or things that are just awesome, also share those. 
And then finally, and I just saw this one on social media, uh, and there's something good going on there. I've seen a lot of reposts of this, so I feel like it's real. Uh, Skyland Restaurant will feed the homeless, poor, travelers, stranded individuals, and everyone need in need of a homemade meal this Thanksgiving, free of charge. That's uh, Thanksgiving Day between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. in food boxes, takeout only at 4544 South Boulevard. Uh, that's wonderful. Uh, I'm showing you a picture of the NPR oh, cranberry relish. Oh, I'm trying not to get Mama it. Stamberg's cranberry relish recipe. Bingo. Somebody make that. And let us try it. Okay, man. I'm done. Let's do it. Stick a fork in. You too, man. Until next time. Quit it now!